This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. But off the top of this hour, we're going to look at the changing face of Alberta's uh, provincial electoral boundaries. Now, we had a report come out last month uh, that recommends three fewer rural ridings. Edmonton and Calgary are set to gain an additional seat. Another riding is set to be added for uh, the area around Airdrie and Cochrane, which has seen a lot of growth. So, I mean, part of the impetus is that, you know, the face of Alberta is changing, more people are living in cities, and maybe it's time that those boundaries better reflect that. It's not going to be uh, even across the board. I think the expectation is that more or less, ridings represent roughly the same amount of people. But typically in Alberta, that's not been the case because that creates some very geographically large rural ridings. So how do we strike a balance when it comes to that? And what does this mean for rural residents as we go down this path? Joining us on the line is uh, Al Kemery, uh, president of the Alberta Association of Municipal Districts and Counties. They recently released a report around all of this. Uh, Al, good to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having us. And then... Looks like a good afternoon. So. Yeah, certainly does. So tell us a bit more then about the association's concerns. Well, I think our association's concerns are, are mainly along the lines of uh, the, the shrinking numbers of, of rural seats that um, we're seeing in this report with the loss of three rural ridings. And the challenges that come along with that then is the, the geographical distances and the challenges that um, both MLAs would have in being in touch with their community, but also that constituents would have to be able to contact their MLAs um, on an as-needed basis. When you have ridings that are four to five hours drive across, it just makes it almost impossible in the rural setting to have our um, our MLAs attend functions, even at the very least, in their in their areas. And you know, the example I'll use is if you do live in a in an urban center. An MLA can can hit three or four functions in an evening and, and be in touch with their their constituents. Where in a rural riding, they'd be lucky to make one and still make it home at night for a you know a, a, the next day coming on. So it's it's about the ability to have um, access and reasonable um, conversations with your MLAs. Well, okay, but then there's the question of uh, numbers of voters, and we end up with the situation where some of these rural ridings can have far fewer voters than the, the urban ridings. Yeah, you, you do have that situation. Well, and, and in this report, we actually have a few situations where you've got um, the, the rural ridings have the, a larger number of, of voters than in some of the urban ridings, and they've done this for, for various reasons that I'm not clear of. But we have that, you know, east of Highway 2, or west of Highway 2, I should say, in the Sundry to Drayton Valley area where, you know, they've got the largest disparity of, of voters in, in the whole area. And then we've got other ridings where, you know, our counties have been fractured into seven different ridings. You know, one, one single county has been fractured into seven different ridings. So that creates another level of complexity when it comes down to retaining culture and and community within within our within our counties. Right. And one of the the example. I mean, this is a more extreme example, but uh, Calgary Southeast, for example, uh, there are over ninety thousand uh, people in that riding, uh, compared to Lesser Slave Lake, which only has about twenty eight thousand. So that that's that seems like a, a huge gulf, and it certainly would would favor the voters. It doesn't give those voters in that riding disproportionate influence. 
Uh, well, there still is only one one person that does represent, you know, that that sits in that chair in the you know, in the legislature, and the you know the, our whole concern is still the you know the fact that yes, you have ninety thousand people, but those people are are very close, or whatever the number you've quoted, are very close to their MLAs, where they are blocks away, or at the very most just miles away. Whereas um, in in that legislative river riding that you pointed out. It's it's a four to five hour drive for some of those people to to be able to be in contact with their MLA. Right, but I think in in the world we live in today, there are lots of different ways to be in contact with your elected representatives, isn't there? Well, that that is identified in some comments in the report, and I know the report identified. You know, we now have the internet, we now have cell phones, we now have all the different connectivity opportunities. But reality is, is in their more, those more remote areas that we're identifying. The the internet or the broadband um, is 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 sparse is sparse to to non-existent in a lot of cases. You know, I'm traveling on a highway right now in a rather rather large line riding in northern Alberta, and um, I've got hit and miss cell phone coverage as we as we talk. Even so, you know, those tools are not as easily used as some of the tool those same tools would be used in an urban center. Mm-hmm. But if that's where the population growth is occurring, doesn't it make sense to add more seats there? I mean, the, the seat should represent where the population is. If we have more rural seats uh, for geographic reasons, doesn't it give disproportionate influence to those rural seats? Uh, I guess um, that perception could be made. But, you know, the, you know there's, there, we, we talk parity often in this and use, use population numbers as parity. And I like to look at it as, as fair access and um that's where our, our point is, is um, yes, there, there may be a disparity in, in population, but you can get to your MLAs. And I know they, they like to look at numbers, but I, look, I try to look at this, or we try to look at this as fair access to your MLAs at the same time. And it's, um, you know, that's where we're, we're concerned about is being, having our MLAs be able to connect with their, with their constituents. Uh, we know it won't be at the same level, and we would be fools to think that it would be at the same availability of contact but at least let's not make these ridings so so many more ridings so large that that contact is is almost non-existent, and then your voice is lost at the same time. So it, it is about the voice. Okay. So right now, uh, the plan, as we understand it, there would be um, additional seats for Edmonton and Calgary. I think there would be fewer, three fewer rural ridings. Are, are you are you hoping that that is reconsidered? Is is this about future changes? What are you hoping to see? Well, I'm hoping, you know, this is an interim report, and the interim report by its nature, you know, begs input, and we will be, um, and many people, I'm guessing, will be given input to the to the report through the process in the next few weeks. But um, I, I'm seeing our position as, you know, a concern of an ongoing trend, and um, we want, would like to um, minimize the trend of, of reduction in rural representation or rural access to MLAs. And so we're going to be making a, a report, or we, we've submitted our report. Now we'll be making a submission um, in the upcoming weeks to the commission. And, um, you know, again, emphasize our concerns. You know, in the report itself, there is a minority report section in the appendix that is um, from one of the board members who sat at the table. And a lot of those concerns are very similar. Um, we're very much in parallel with, the concerns that um, were submitted in that report that way, too. All right. Well, I will see what comes of all of this, um, but uh, appreciate you making some time for us here today. Thanks for sharing these concerns with us. 
You bet. Thank you, Rob. All right, Have take a good care. afternoon. Yeah, you as well. Uh, Al Kemry, president of the Alberta Association of Municipal Districts and Counties. And I know that's something that this commission considered. So how do you balance that between geography and population density? Don't you want all ridings to more or less have as close as possible the same amount of voters? Doesn't that make things truly equal, truly fair? Because if you're going to concede that in certain areas, I mean, for example, if you decided in Calgary we could get away with having twice as many ridings, so you'd have half as many voters in each riding as you'd have in Edmonton, uh, the people in Edmonton would cry foul and vice versa. And so, wait a second, now all of a sudden Edmonton has twice as many seats or Calgary has twice as many seats? Well, now all of a sudden their concerns are going to get way more attention in the legislature because they get twice as many MLAs as they should. So I think that's the concern here about rural Alberta is that for a long time, that's been the case. And maybe previous governments didn't mind, right? The, the NDP aren't exactly racking up votes in rural Alberta, uh, but certainly the, the PCs, especially under Ralph Klein and, and Ed Stelmack did. And maybe they didn't mind that. Uh, knowing that especially in Edmonton, you know, the parties like the NDP or the Liberals had had some strength. But at the same time, again, you got this question of, okay, well, that's where the population's going. So shouldn't the writings reflect that? So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of redrawing going on here if, if this goes ahead. So Edmonton and Calgary would get extra seats. But at the same time, all kinds of boundaries are, are set to change. I think the end result would be three fewer uh, rural seats. So as you heard the, the concerns there from, from the uh, Association of Municipal Districts and Counties, uh, that that makes it more unfair for the residents in these ridings because it's now a further drive, potentially, if they got to go see their MLA. So how big an issue is that? How many people actually go to sit down with their MLA? When's the last time you ever had any contact with your MLA? Uh, certainly, you can send your MLA an email. You can pick up the phone and call your, your MLA. You know, your MLA can say, look... Uh, it's a big riding, but uh, every Friday I'm in uh, so-and-so county. So let's pick a Friday. I'll be near where you are. And we'll get together and we'll talk about this thing. Can we address that? It sounds like there are ways to address that on the other side of it and trying to have some relative population balance. I don't see how you address that. Well, they had one suggestion that said we could cut the total number of MLAs, so we could double the population for urban ridings, and they would count as two votes in the legislature. That would be interesting. Anyway, your thoughts, 403-974-8255. We are back after this. Welcome back. Look, I mean, it's not just an Alberta issue. You see it federally. There's pretty big discrepancies, too. For example, in Prince Edward Island, uh, the ridings there average about 30,000 voters in each. Uh, there's some ridings in Toronto, for example, that have as many as 170,000 people in them. So it's a challenge, right? Anyway, 403-974-8255. Now we have with us, uh, it's called in Nathan Cooper. He's the Wild Rose House leader, and I know they've got some concerns about some of these proposals too. Nathan, thanks for calling in here. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. All right. So what's your position uh, with regard to the, the commission's recommendations here? Well, I think there's a number of concerns uh, with the commission's recommendation. Uh, and they affect uh, urban and rural Alberta differently. If we look at uh, rural Alberta to start, uh, what we see in a number of ridings is significantly increasing the size of the riding, as well as increasing the population of that riding. So if you look at constituencies like uh, Rocky Mountain House, Drayton Valley, or Drumheller-Stetler, they have the highest 
percentage of population, as well as they're amongst the largest in size. So not only uh, did they not get the population number right, but the effective representation of that member is also in question. So the argument in southern uh, Calgary, where the constituency of Calgary Southeast is minus 15% variance on population, and the riding of sundry Rocky Mountain House is plus 17, uh, it is a, a very wide dis, uh, discrepancy, and they haven't got the balance right. And that, that's happened in a number of constituencies right across the province. All right, you represent, it's Old Didsbury Three Hills, right? That's correct, yes. Do you have any idea what, what the population is in, in your riding? Yeah, so the population of voters is, uh, uh, or the population is just on uh, the variance, just over 42,000 people. Now, uh, of course, there's always this challenge when uh, drawing the boundaries, are you drawing the number of voters or the number uh, of the population? And those can be very different. If you look at, there's constituencies in Edmonton where the population had ballooned to somewhere close to 70, 75,000, but the actual number of voters uh, wasn't, uh, was only around 40,000. So uh, there is a, a few challenges in the report with respect to sometimes they're comparing number of voters and other times they're comparing the total number of population. And even if you look at the cities of Calgary and Edmonton, and, and I don't want to speak just to the rural Alberta issues because there's certainly some in the cities, uh, many, many constituencies inside Calgary have a population variance of uh, of 8, 9, 10, upwards of 12 percent. Uh, and in Edmonton, there's no constituency that has a population variance of more than 5 percent. So uh, there is a number of challenges with the report. I encourage people to get involved. Sometimes in politics, the things that are the least interesting are also uh, very, very important. And I think the Boundary Commission is one of them. Okay, but when it comes to, to the number of voters in each riding, should we be striving to have that as close as possible from riding to riding, regardless of whether it's urban or rural? Well, I think that uh, all obviously is, is one of the targets that the commission needs to meet. The Supreme Court has clearly ruled that effective representation is equally as important uh, to the total number of voters. And, and so there is this balance that we have to strike. You look at a, a, an MLA like Jason Nixon, uh, who has 25 municipalities in his constituency. Mm-hmm. There's, um, you know, probably 12 or 13 graduations. There is, you know, a, a number of community organizations compared to a constituency in the city where uh, they may only have one high school graduation. They only have one locally elected municipal councillor, one school board trustee, where, you know, constitu- uh, MLA like Jason would have a hundred, uh, more than a hundred locally elected officials. So there is this balance. It's not just about population. Um, it, it has to be about both of those things. Yes, we need to be targeting to get uh, uh, parity amongst popu- population, but there needs to be give and take on those sort of things as well. Well, I mean, theoretically, we could double or triple the number of MLAs. Uh, we could have much smaller ridings then, couldn't we? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's very palatable. <laughs> I think, I mean, a case could be made to go in the other direction as well, that we, um, that we reduce the, the total number of, uh, of MLAs. And, but at the end of the day, 
we have to balance this equal and effective. It's, it's how the Supreme Court has ruled. And I don't believe that the commission has struck the right balance right now. Uh, again, there's uh, rural MLAs who have uh, different challenges to an urban MLA also have some of the largest total number of uh, of voters and of population. So uh, I think that that's a real challenge. If they're trying to strike the right balance between urban and rural, um, certainly having more voters in rural Alberta is not a step in the right direction. All right. Now, I understand now there's uh, there's going to be hearings starting next month. Where does this all go from here, Nathan? Well, folks all across the province have their ability to uh, send a written submission to the Boundary Commission uh, all the way up until July 16th. Okay. Uh, so they, they did extend that, uh, that deadline from uh, the 8th to the 16th. I encourage Albertans to send uh, their concerns to the commission. Uh, and then, of course, the public hearings will happen uh, the week uh, of the 20th, and there's about eight of them uh, across the province. So it's really important that people engage in these issues. Um, the makeup of our legislature is, is, is very important to the effectiveness of that legislature, and I think um, having all voices at the table is critical uh, to the success of our province. All right. Well, Nathan, appreciate you checking in. Thanks for this. Hey, no problem. Have a great day. Ron. All right, you too. There you go. That's uh, Nathan Cooper, uh, Wild Rose MLA, uh, one of the... Um Oh, he's the government house leader, rather. He is the Wild Rose house leader. Check that. He is the MLA for Olds, Didsbury, Three Hills, is what I was trying to say. Uh, the Alberta Electoral Boundaries Commission, you can find them on the web, abebc.ca. I don't know why it's not just AEBC, but uh, okay. AB for Alberta, EBC for Electoral Boundaries Commission.ca. And as you mentioned, you've got until July 16th to present uh, written submissions. Uh, they're going to be holding hearings after that. And then maybe a decision perhaps sometime this fall. All right. So it's some interesting issues right there. 403-974-8255. So we can uh, come back to this uh, in our time remaining. Uh, when we return here from the 3.30 News, we're going to check in with uh, Matt Gurney from our Chorus affiliate AM640 in Toronto. We're going to talk about Canada's uh, mission in Iraq and Syria. What is it? Is it a combat mission? Is it a training mission? Is it something else? I don't know that the government really knows, but uh, whatever it is, we're renewing it. We'll get into that in a few minutes here. So uh, Rob Breckenridge with you. Afternoons on News Talk 770. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.